What's up, everybody? Hope you're having a good week. This is Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by Seth Ott. Oh, yeah. And Jared Buckendall. Ravioli, ravioli, give me the formioli. <laughs> e equals MC squared. Yes. What's the other one? Um, some, dun, 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 uh, spaghetti, un- meatball, meatball, spaghetti underneath. Ravioli, ravioli, Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you're the one that should know that, SpongeBob uh, Encyclopedia. We are socially constipated. This is the Entertainment Outhouse. We got a lot to talk about today. Um, before we dive in, just want to remind folks to head over to the website, sociallyconstipatedpod.com. Check out all of our socials, become an anchor wanker, comment okay. on the episodes, all that good stuff. It's the only way to get entered in our drawings. Just the other day, I actually sent some movie tickets to Jill Buckendall. Shout out to Jill for winning our first drawing. And uh, Jared actually generously donated his tickets back to the show. I did. So we'll have another drawing again for those. I, so uh, make sure you guys are active on the uh, on the socials, the website, everywhere, because um, you never know when we're giving those out. Yeah, not just movie tickets. We could be giving away anything, people. And also, I needed a tax write-off. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big one. It's yeah. a big one. Booty tickets uh, potentially coming next from Jared. We're working on the the graphic piece on that. So uh, (laughs) keep an ear out. Big graphic. (laughs) Big old graphic. One more announcement, big one. Uh, Live shows. We haven't talked about what we're going to do for live shows. And our first live show, we are planning on doing a little under two weeks from now on July 28th. That's a Wednesday night. So if you're used to the Thursday night live shows, reminder, this is moving to Wednesday night, and that's going to be at 6 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Central Time over on the J-Buck Studios YouTube page. At Jared Buckendall. So make sure you link to that. Go make sure you're following. And uh, when you see that video pop up, uh, go ahead and like that one. So we hope you'll join us live. Again, that's 8 p.m. Central Time on that Wednesday night. We're going to be doing a live recording of the Entertainment Outhouse. So this very podcast, you'll have a chance to interact directly with us. Let us know what you think of our reviews. Play some movie games with us. Also, if you're used to our usual two-hour live show, you may be pleased to find out we are going to be doing a shorter, probably closer to a one-hour show. So just a Entertainment Outhouse recording. And again, that's Wednesday evening, 8 p.m. Central Time on the J-Buck Studios YouTube page. So keep an ear out for more, um, and we hope to see you there. For now, though, we are going to dive right in. Uh, we hope you are get seated, get comfortable, and get ready for 60 minutes of entertainment, about entertainment. Um, <laughs> we're going to fire things up with a little game time, and we're going to start this game week time. with a tournament of trivial topics. Time to crown the champion of something. A tournament of trivial topics. Fight! Before we get into this, I would like to say this is my favorite game. Um, over to you. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy this one a lot. I think yeah. it's a crowd favorite as well. And I'm stoked because this time we actually know what the topic is. And I'm very excited to get into this. Yes, this week, I think most of us are aware that Space Jam, the sequel to Space Jam, the long-awaited follow-up to the original Space Jam, comes out this week. What's this one called? Space Jam Back in Action? A New Legacy. Ah, yep. damn. A New Jam it- Clam. Uh, back in action was a different Looney Tunes movie. Wasn't oh yeah, it? it was. That was that like that mid two thousands one with yeah. uh, Brendan Fraser yeah. and the girl from uh, Dharma and Greg, or the woman, Melissa McCarthy. Oh, I yep, that's about the her. one. So obviously we know that uh, Space Jam uh, stars the Looney Tunes and LeBron James and Don Cheadle, but the only returning characters it seems, at least as far as we know, are the Looney Tunes. So <gasps> we're gonna go ahead and do a bracket here, a breakdown of the top eight. Looney Tunes characters are going to crown the best one. I love this. I pulled a couple of rankings from online. For the most part, I just went, I took their rankings from one to eight. I did switch out one because they had uh, like Sylvester in there. And I don't know if I'm a, you know, as familiar with Sylvester as some of these other ones. So you're not down with that cat? No. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, two things. One, disrespecting Sylvester makes you a jabroni. I just want to say that that's a snub. And then the other thing I want to say is Jared was a thousand percent right on Looney Tunes back in action from 2003. Brendan Fraser, Jenna Elfman, also Steve Martin, Timothy Dalton, and Heather Damn. Locklear, and Joan Cusack. It was a stacked cast. Man. I can't believe you remembered even a part of that. So You know what's impressive. funny? I've nice never even seen the movie. I just know. Yeah. There's so many movies that are like that where I know almost everything about it, but I've never seen a second of it. Makes you good at movie trivia. 
Yeah. I'm glad that we could reminisce about back in action because you're going to need those memories <laughs> to uh, pick a winner here as the best Looney Tunes character. They had the number one seed I saw in multiple articles was Daffy Duck was the number one Whoa. Looney Tunes character. Um, Great pick. I like it. That's he's going fantastic. <laughs> he's going up against uh, Yosemite Sam, otherwise known as Yosemite Sam. Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> the old Yosemite Sam. <laughs> so the, that's the first matchup of yep. the old Daffy and Yo- Yosemite Sam. <laughs> Yosemite Sam. Oh man, Yosemite Sam. I'm gonna go chalk here. I, I think it is Daffy. I think he's funnier. Not a big fan of Yosemite Sam myself. No. Um, I think it's cool that he's got the guns. I think he's definitely fun. He's got the big red beard, right? I, yeah, for a yeah. second, I was thinking of Elmer Fudd. He looks like too many, too many people who said mean things to you back at home. <laughs> oh, no. I think that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it's triggering. I think he triggers he triggers some, some trigger, PTSD. I guess, is a problem. Yeah. Oh, um, no. For me, it's Daffy. Also, Daffy has the gag in the first Space Jam where they smack his beak around backwards and he still talks out of it. That shit makes me laugh every fucking time. And he's kind of like a diva in there. Like he's got, isn't there a scene in the first Space Jam he like gets his own shoe deal and a whole bunch of marketing stuff? I'm pretty sure there is. Uh, I, I identify with Daffy quite a bit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck him, fuck a half. I don't even, that might have been Sylvester. That is Sylvester. Another, yeah, that's Sylvester. Yeah. Get him in here. Vermont Thor. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at a picture of Yosemite Sam here, and that mustache is like a mustache beard into his eyebrows. I just don't like that design at all. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know, if we're basing it off of kind of uh, funniness or whatever, I mean, Daffy Duck, he's got more reps for sure. One thing I'm looking at the design, though, is Daffy Duck like a practice like preacher or something? Like, what's the deal with the white band around his neck? It's a duck thing, right? Like it's that's, that's a duck a, thing. Well, I think some. I don't know yeah. if he's a specific type of duck. I've seen. I think I know what you're talking about, Cody. I've seen ducks. I don't think have, he's wearing it. Yeah. yeah. Is it like a it's tag? Part of him. Is he on home arrest? I'm gonna say it's that. Yes. These are he the is questions. on house arrest. Yeah. And he kept slipping it, so they put it on his neck, so he couldn't. Ah. That's 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 the official story on Daffy Duck now. Okay. Wow. By well, the way, he's definitely um, got my. He's the bad boy of the Looney Tunes then. Oh, yeah, you didn't know that already? I did um, not, know. His, his Wikipedia says his name is Daffy Dumas Horatio Tiberius Armando Sheldon Duck. Bullshit. That is what the that's Wikipedia his says. Real I don't know name. who wrote this Wikipedia, but that's that's <laughs> apparently... I've never seen any of that before. But that's actually on the wiki. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got he's got my vote then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll do a clean sweep here. The one thing I did like about Yosemite Sam, though, was in the Space Jam video game, he was fun to play as. Dude, but, he was. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. I think he had a game. He, he had, It was a shootout game. You could shoot from different parts of the court and get yeah. extra points. That was, like, yep. his thing. All right. So Daffy Duck's moving on. Uh, we have, in the next round, Foghorn Leghorn versus Elmer Fudd. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say... Both of them uh, potential Southern racists. <laughs> yeah, True. that's what I was going to say. This this flies in the face of my reasoning for not picking uh, Yosemite Sam in the last round, but I actually love Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to pick him because I love everything he says. I do declare. I do uh, declare. Big fan. Big fan. I'm going with him. Would you um, like original recipe or extra crispy? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think another thing is he's always, uh, for some reason, I think he's always messing around with Sylvester. Like, they're they're supposed to be friends, or or he thinks that they're friends, but Sylvester doesn't like him at all. I think that that's uh, canonical. I could be also making that up. But I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big fan of Elmer Fudd. I, I, I don't know. There's just something about him. Him always trying to hunt bugs. You know, just let him do his thing. He's, he's like just a Midwestern hunter. Wearing that kind of winter hat with the two things hanging down. So, yeah, I'm going for the chicken man. Chicken man. Chicken right. man. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw a little sympathy, sympathy vote out to Elmer Fudd. You got reasoning or you're just giving him that vote? I, I, I mean, I used to watch Looney Tunes on Saturday mornings, and some of my favorite ones were him and Bugs, you know, doing their hijinks. So maybe that's it. But, I mean, I like Foghorn Leghorn, too. So. Mm-hmm. Are All you right. sure you're not picking Elmer Fudd? Or is that a bald guy connection? Like, is that a, <laughs> would you also pick Lex Luthor and yep. um, late late stage uh, Mr. Clean. White? Mr. Clean, oh, Mr. A Clean, bowling ball, <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> That's why I like ice cream too. Ooh yeah, Those nice big scoops. <laughs> Next matchup we have Wild E Coyote versus Poor Key Pig. 
Ooh. This is tough. Yeah, this, this is, is a tough one. Very tough one. Somebody else go first. I, I'm gonna. I haven't gotten go first yet. I'm gonna go with Porky Pig. I mean, mostly because I like the "That's All, Folks" thing at the end yep. of those episodes. Mm-hmm. But Wiley Cody does have some more entertaining episodes. The only thing I don't like about those episodes with him and Roadrunner is that no one talks, and I kind of don't like that sometimes. I, I, I like to be. Uh, I like to have entertainment through my ears. Uh, you you want that uh, audio audio, uh, audio uh, stimulation? Yes, yes, yes. Some ASMR up in there. Mm-hmm. Ass to mouth. Yes, ass uh, asmar. Yeah, Porky Pig. I think that's the thing. Is like he has every single episode. He's he's got his time to shine. He he's the only one that does it. I mean, a handful of people will jump in there and you know maybe try to do it the same. But he is the one. Who's it? Who? Okay, uh, Wiley Coyote. I think I don't know. I think it's the thing where he has the technology. He he's an inventive person, and I like what he what he's doing. Uh, you know, he's out there trying to just you know. Get, get a Roadrunner, I guess. Um, but <laughs> I do it? think I got to give it up to Porky Pig. Also, shout out to the Porky Pig, Pig Super Nintendo game that I had where he's in the haunted ma- uh, forest. Very tough video game. So, yeah, I'm giving my uh, vote to the old Porky. Oh, Porky. I'm glad you guys... I was going to have a hard time with this, so I'm glad you guys picked. I'll give my vote to Wiley Coyote. I, I like the inventions and the, the running into the wall after Roadrunner goes through it hilarious fucking gags when i googled for porky pig there i'm not gonna say what it is but apparently there's a scene that features him heavily in the new movie and oh yeah it is something that i cannot wait to i've see. seen the trailer um, with him in it oh, okay well yeah i haven't seen that but uh very excited to uh, so my votes for wiley but we got porky moving on all right porky's moving on and then finally final round we have the tasmanian devil versus bugs bunny this is gonna maybe be a surprise i'm gonna pick taz um i think he's dope on the video game first of all and i had a tape like a vhs tape my brother and i had and it was like a 20 minute episode like about taz and he was he was playing basketball actually which i don't think is related to space jam but his shadow was somehow like interacting with him it like separated from him and was like interacting with him. So it was fucking with him for a while. And then eventually he plays basketball against his shadow. And there's an actually really sick scene where they're playing basketball against each other. And I really specifically remember that. I hope my brother is somewhere hearing this and going, yeah, I remember that because of that cartoon. And I never really fucked with bugs that have bugs that heavy anyway. Give me Taz on this one. Well, I mean, I, I get what you're saying with Taz, but uh, with video games, but for me, Bugs Bunny had some awesome standalone video games by himself. He did. There was, there was a, I think there was like an N64 one or a PS2 one or GameCube one. I can't remember what it was on, but I played the hell out of that. And plus, Bugs was always my favorite as a kid when I was watching the, the shows. Those are always the ones I look forward to the most. I know it's the stereotypical, and I was surprised he wasn't the number one overall. But I love Bugs Bunny, so I'm going Bugs. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I remember the, the Super Nintendo Bugs game where I think the second level is like uh, Western-themed or something like that. The thing is, he has, I think, the most standalone of the cartoons. When you think Looney Tunes, I think you're thinking of him in the top three. Uh, like, that character mm-hmm. is coming to the mind. He has catchphrases and whatnot. He's he's interacting with almost all of the other Looney Tunes characters, where other ones might just be, you know, the, the Foghorn, Leghorn, uh, is hanging out with Sylvester and some other random dog. And Taz is just like, he's like a drunk college roommate who's, like, really dirty, he can clean up every now and then. Like, you, you know, there was a couple cartoons where he'd come in a room, but instead of mess it up, he'd clean it all up. Um, I think you just have to attach some soap and some scrubby bubbles to him. I'm going for Bugs Bunny here, just because he's the Thank face you. of the Looney Tunes here. Yeah, exactly. I, plus, like, the WB store back in the day, he was on the, the sign. Do you guys remember those stores? Yeah, because he's the star. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's why. I, like he There isn't Looney Tunes without him. I feel like if he, like... He he's uh, JT of the InSync, you know. Exactly. I prefer Lance Bass, so I guess you're wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> I respect the vote, but you guys made the wrong choice here. Taz should have gone deep. Whatever. Well, let's see if Cody can back one of his other favorites here. Uh, we have uh, Daffy Duck versus Foghorn Leghorn. This one's actually tough for me. They're both of the poultry variety. That is, is true. true. One is foul. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Again, I like the southern draw of the uh, the Mr. Horn man, the chicken man. <laughs> Mr. Hornleg. Yeah, Mr. Horn Hornleg. 
I, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm going for Dappy. Again, you know, like you were saying that just kind of from Space Jam where he has that funny bit where, you know, his, his beak goes around. I think there's a lot of funny other bits with him. I don't know. There's some other cartoon or something where I feel like he got exploded and all that was left was his beak and eyeballs. Or was that Space Jam? I don't know. So, yeah, I'm going with Daffy Duck. Man, this, I mean, I, I don't feel strongly about either one. I've always, always was kind of annoyed with D- Daffy sometimes. I also don't think Foghorn Lakehorn had a ton of airtime back in the day with, with Looney Tunes. He was on episodes, but wasn't like, uh, you know, an every single one type of thing where it seemed like there was always at least a Bugs or Daffy segment on a Looney Tunes. I think, I, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm just going to have to to make the decision for us. I'm going to go with Daffy on this one. Ooh. Yeah. I think it would have been a clean sweep. I was leaning toward Daffy. I, yeah, I like that. The beat gags are hilarious. I like Foghorn Lakehorn. He doesn't do quite enough for me. Like, He's a supporting character. I don't think he's driving a lot of scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could say that about Daffy, but I think to a lesser extent. So the duck uh, moves on. The duck moves on. Our next semifinal matchup is Porky Pig versus Bugs E. Bunny. I'm going to, I think I know where this is going. I'm going to pick Porky. Uh, I like the. <laughs> you are the, such um, a hipster. <laughs> I am. No, I am. I, I'll give you that I'm a hipster, but also I don't. At the risk of starting a, a really long conversation, what is it about Bugs Bunny that's unique? Like, other than the fact that he's the front guy, like he's, he's got like it? his he's, sarcastic humor. Yeah, he's he's cool and suave. Yeah, cool and suave. He's like I would Harley say. Quinn to me. Cool. I just and suave. don't quite. You're saying Bugs Bunny is Harley Quinn? Yeah. Yeah. Haven't you seen him in his fucking sweet blue and red pants that he wears? I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, I'm not saying he's not sexy. I'm just saying he's not my favorite, um, saying he's not my favorite Looney Tune. Uh, I gotta go with Porky. Porky's got the unique look. He's got the bow tie. He's, uh, he's got the, the, the way that he always is, um, chewing on his tongue when he fucking talks and sounding all weird. He's got the, that's all folks. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you that I'm a hipster and that's probably driving this to a large extent, but I also just don't, I don't, I just don't know. He's like the, um, he's like the blue Ranger to me. Like he what is it that he's adding here? Like, what is unique? And even the Blue Ranger was like a geek. Like, that was his unique quality. I just don't know what is what it is about Daffy, other than like you tell me he's cool. But like, you mean bugs? But Daffy also about bugs. Here. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Daffy's super cool. Um, <laughs> no, I don't he's know. a freaking dork. He's the laughing stock of the Looney Tunes. No, he's the like. Daffy is the. All right, Jerry. Let's just you know go in and vote is. bugs so we can have this 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 uh, <laughs> this debate here. Yeah, Actually, we'll have that one in a second. I'm. So are you voting for Bugs? I am. And Okay, so it's bu- one Bugs, one Porky. Mm-hmm. Now, I hate to admit it, but the more and more Cody was talking, the more and no. more... And, and the more and more I'm looking at pictures of Bugs here. Bugs is Dude. the high school bully, king no. of the... F- like, quarterback of the football team, just walking down the hall, pushing some kid into the locker. He would push Porky into a locker. And the way, if in my mind, I'm setting that up, I would relate more to Porky Pig here. Because I feel like he is the underdog. He's the one just hanging out. He has, he finishes every single episode. If anything, he's given every episode a happy ending. So I think here, plus he's got the voice. I'm giving it to Porky Pig. I'm sorry, Bugs, wow. get out of here. Wow. Yeah. So happy. Loser. That's for Bugs Bunny and everyone who voted for him. Uh, Porky. <laughs> wow. Porky moving on. Love that. <laughs> All right, well. I think Porky Pig is going to have to go all the way then. That's the I final mean, maybe, matchup. Yeah. Daffy Duck versus Porky Pig. My vote goes Porky Pig. All right. We get the spite vote. Um, no, Jared, I don't. I don't. I told you earlier. I don't like Daffy. Jared, I, I hate to do it twice in a row. I'm going to put this on you because I'm going to pick Daffy. And I'll tell you why. So the purpose that Daffy serves in the group. Is to be a punching um, bag. To be a loser. He's a punching bag, but he like earns it. So he's, he's the like the villain yeah, within the friend group. So he's like the, he's like the friend in the group where people are like, He's kind of an asshole, but he's our asshole. No. And it's all in good spirits, and they're all friends. Bugs and is always trying th- to get Elmer Fudd to kill him because <laughs> he's that nah. big of an asshole. Well, is it because Bugs he wants to be the head honcho? He's like second man. He's he's the one. He, yeah, he's second in command. I think he's. I think he and Bugs are equally as cool, but I think no. for whatever reason, Daffy cool. is in every and and the here the 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 actual reason I'm voting for Daffy is because I identify with him. I I think I I in a lot of my circles am that one. I'm the like talkative one who 
um, says this extreme shit and is kind of a diva and everyone shits on him for it. But like the group needs that. Like the group needs a villain within itself sometimes. And Daffy fills that role. They would be incredibly fucking boring if they didn't have Daffy because they'd all just be nice to each other. And nobody needs that. So Daffy, I think the most important Looney Tune. And you could make an argument, I guess, here for Porky. And I won't feel offended if you do. But I got to I gotta ride with uh, my dude Daffy Duck here. Man, man, does Cody sway me two rounds in a row? Because he is making a compelling argument even after the last round of not making a compelling argument. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I do think Daffy has a lot going for him. He has some funny bits and stuff. But I think it's still Porky Pig has got that funny voice. The the You know, he's wearing like a little jacket, bow tie, hat. He always is saying, that's all, folks. You know what? I'm giving it Daffy? to Porky Pig here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah fuck Damn Daffy. <laughs> I yeah. can't wait to All eat right, him fine. in a couple weeks. You're going to eat some duck. Man. Yum, yum, yum. Maybe eat a dick instead. Porky <laughs> is our champion. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! Daffy, Dumas, Horatio, Tiberius, Armando, Sheldon, Duck comes in a close second. Pretty good showing here in the tournament this week. I will say, no love for two people that I think would have made it pretty far in my book. Speedy Gonzalez. Or no. Gonzalez, um, depends how yep. where you're from. And yep. uh, Michigan J. Frog, he would have been way Ooh. up there for me. The frog. Ooh. Michigan J. Frog. Hello, my darling. Oh, my okay. gosh. Yeah. I, I know that. The WB but Frog. Yeah. Legendary. He's not, he's not a Looney Tune, though. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Nah. Are you kidding me? You're saying Michigan J. Frog. The Michigan J. Frog. Because wouldn't he intro everything? He's like the most visible. Like he would intro like, and Porky would close. Yeah. The one story with the frog. The one where he's uh, at the construction site and then the guy finds him and then he tries to make money off of him. But every time no one shows, every time they show up to the show, the frog doesn't dance for the audience. But when they turn their back, Michigan J Frog is dancing and then the guy goes crazy because he doesn't make any money. Then he buries him back in the container and 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 then like years later it's a future construction worker and then he unburies him and the same thing happens. You asked for that, Seth. I guess. Uh, all right, Michigan J Frog wins then. <laughs> <laughs> that champion. was fucking awesome. You were up to the challenge. You mentioned Speedy Gonzalez, Marvin the Martian, I dig no. him. He always scared uh, me. Tweety Tweety uh, was a bummer, and then I'm kind of glad you didn't include Lola Bunny because I probably would have said some really gross stuff, but I yeah. feel like she should have an honorable mention. Wasn't she really – her first thing was Space Jam, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. I think she was created for Space Jam. And then she yeah. didn't – I don't know if she's done it. I haven't really seen a lot of other – Well, they they added her, her in, think, into – oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say they was added she, her into in Tiny Toons. I don't know. Maybe back in action, but I think they added her to kind of more of the TV animated stuff. Yeah, she, Looney Tunes show, other appearances. She's been in other stuff, but I, I don't watch a lot of Looney Tunes. I'm glad um, that we did not anyway. have to add or even discuss Pepe Le Pew. Uh, he is in hot water right now. Yeah, he needs to get into his notes app and uh, write something he can screenshot and post to Twitter. That's what I think. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Well, Porky Pig, once again, champion of something. That something being the best Looney Tunes character. Catch him this weekend in Space Jam, A New Legacy alongside the best basketball player of all time. That is going to wrap up this week's tournament of Trivial Topics. A tournament of Trivial Topics! Fight! All right, we are going to roll on. We have uh, a lot of headlines and a lot of reviews, so we're going to quickly get through some news pieces. Uh, let's get you some bathroom reading here. Fitting on toilet! I am very excited for this first part of news, this first piece of news. Found this out while I was watching the NBA Finals the other night. There is an upcoming, this fall, reboot of The Wonder Years. This is maybe besides like Scrubs, maybe my favorite sitcom that there's been. If you like that 70s show, if you like the Goldbergs, then you're a hack uh, because what you really like is the Wonder Years and those are ripoffs <laughs> of that show. You're a hack. So this is the OG <laughs> you're saying. Yeah, that was just for you. No, they really are. I mean, that's uh, even Boy Meets World like doesn't happen without the Wonder Years. Mm -hmm. So Wonder Years, excellent fucking show. What's interesting about this reboot though 
is instead of a little white kid in rural New York who's a Jets fan, they got a little black kid in Alabama. And so uh, it's set in the late 60s, and it's going to follow the Williams family, uh, apparently a middle-class black family in Montgomery, Alabama. Main character is 12-year-old Dean, and the older Dean, who narrates the show, if, if you don't remember from The Wonder Years, it's kind of like the Goldbergs in that the current version, who's an adult, narrates the show and tells you stories about his childhood. The adult version of Dean is Don fucking Cheadle. So there's going to nice. be Don Cheadle voice Dean all over Cheadle. this thing. Dean Cheadle. It's going to be amazing. There is, I don't think I recognize anyone. Oh, Dulé Hill is the dad. Oh, awesome. Gus? Yep. Gus, right. That's Gus. I don't recognize the rest of these cats, but this is going to be playing this fall on ABC. And it's been a long time since I actually like followed a sitcom. I intend to do so with this because I fucking love The Wonder Years. Yeah, I'll, I'll check that. I think that's cool that they're, you know, changing it up, obviously, and not like... I, when you said when it was when I saw a reboot, I thought it was going to be a continuation. Yeah, just somehow, the same but people but older. Yeah, I like that they're changing it up, and I'll, I'll check out anything Dulé Hill does. I like him a lot. I honestly, I don't. I never watched the Wonder Years growing up. I've I've heard the name. It's um, on Nick at Night all the time. Yeah, that I mean that's just something that just was never I was never exposed to. So it's interesting that they're you know doing the reboot. I'm curious if they're going to have any sort of connections to the original. Again, I I've never seen a second of it, so I don't know. Uh, what you guys? I is. don't think, I don't it, think it would be possible. No, is Fred um, Savage a producer? He, it says he's a director. He might have directed oh, like, cool. the like one of the episodes. He has been doing more of that now that I think about it. He, uh, I think yeah. on that that Friends from College show, he did some directing, and I think he's been behind the camera a lot in his years since you know, kind of take. I think he like he hadn't acted for a while since like Goldmember, and he did that. <laughs> so like, just I don't think I think he's pretty selective with what he acts in. He's awesome. Fred Savage is dope. I've seen him in a number of things now. They The timeline is similar, but I think they're going to be mainly focusing on how it's different from Kevin's life. Also, he's in Alabama and the other guy's in New York, and I don't think there's a reason they would cross paths. Maybe. It could be cool. Summer vacation but, um, somehow. Yeah, that would, yeah, it would surprise me. Um, he's going to teach but at the university. If you've never seen The Wonder Years, excellent fucking show. It's, sometimes it's on Netflix. Now you can jump in there and check it out. It's just incredible coming of age like they wrote the book on the coming of age show i'm very excited for this i was so pumped when i saw it i was less pumped when i saw this next piece of news jared a few weeks ago you reviewed for us the latest offering from chris pratt amazon's the tomorrow war and i'm wondering if you're surprised to hear that a sequel was just uh green lit and is already in development amazon's going to cash in on this thing yet again what's your response to that based on having seen it i mean from my own viewing of the film, I am very surprised. But, you know, when you get to see movies early, you don't you don't know what everyone else is going to say about it. And I was very much in the minority. A lot of people loved this movie. Like, saying that it was the, one of the best, most fun sci-fi movies in years. And I think that everyone is high as hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. But the thing is, I think for Amazon, it makes sense because they bought this from Paramount, I think, on the cheap and then released it. And it did w some of the best numbers that any movie for Amazon Prime Video has done. So I think with them, you know, essentially buying this movie, not really having to do any, like, upfront thinking, um, kind of how to expand this or, I guess, have a central idea, they can probably find a way to expand this out and maybe make a trilogy out of this, I'm sure. Milk it for what it is. I just, I don't know, man. I just find it bizarre because it does feel like the story kind of wrapped up and whatnot. But with anything time travel, anything future... I'm sure that they'll find something either way more in the future, maybe in between the 28 years that there was, maybe go in the past, or completely just take the idea and do kind of like an anthology thing where it's like, oh no, now there's a different sort of threat. I have no idea what they're doing. I'm not really in, excited for it, I guess. I don't know. Maybe this sequel will be better. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know what these companies are doing. Obviously, it's dollar signs and viewership, um, so I'm assuming that this had a lot of numbers. Yeah, I've heard yeah. a lot of people, I haven't seen it, but I've heard a lot of people say that they like it too. Yeah, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys like it. Maybe you two will I, like it. I don't know, though, because the reviews aren't great, but it seems like, you know, people who are watching it like it. And for me, it's like, if, if I were to go see that movie, it would have to be on the a big screen. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not something that's going to probably hold my attention at home all that much. Yeah, I wish I were surprised by this. This movie, by the way, had a $200 million budget. Mm -hmm. So, huge budget movie, Chris Pratt did numbers on Amazon. I'm, I'm not shocked at all. 
I think this is zero percent based on how good the movie is, <laughs> and it's there's just recognition, name recognition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So cool, you know, they'll get their money. It'd be interesting if they did try to give it a theatrical release this time. Um, who knows? Maybe that'll happen. If they can make ten of these. I'm probably gonna miss them. Uh, doesn't seem like my bag. Mm -hmm. Maybe someday. But uh, Tomorrow War, maybe they'll call it The Day After Tomorrow War, and uh, John Cusack can make an appearance. <laughs> oh, That'd be kind of cool. Heck yeah. This next piece of news, big excitement here among the group of socially constipated individuals here. We got word this week that a new video game is in the works. Oh, uh, it's yeah. going to be on all the major major consoles, and this is going to be called Nickelodeon All-Stars. Hell um, yeah. This is Super Smash Brothers with the Nicktoons in it. You get SpongeBob SquarePants. You get, I think there's some Rugrats involved. There's Reptar. I, I have the list. I'll read them, baby. I'll read the list, dude. It's read a murderer's em. row, baby. Because they also, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, they're still going to be adding people. Like, this yep. isn't a final list. This is just what's been announced so far. Yeah. So, yeah, I have that here. So, it's Michael An Michelangelo from, the T uh, from TMNT, Leonardo from TMNT. Then we go into Nigel Thornberry from Wild Thornberries. Murderer. You murderer. <laughs> Powdered Toast Man from Ren and Stimpy. SpongeBob SquarePants from SpongeBob SquarePants. Sandy Cheeks from SpongeBob SquarePants. Patrick Starr from SpongeBob SquarePants. Abelina from Ah Real Monsters. I, don't, I, I bet if I saw that character, I would. Is that the it, umbrella looking She's one? She's like a stick. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go with the guy with that holds his eyes in his hands. Dude, I'm telling you, they'll add him and you can throw those eyeballs. I guarantee it. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. They'll explode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this show is, but the Loud House, Lucy and, Lucy and Lincoln Loud are in this. I think that's a more recent show. I've, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I hadn't seen Probably. it either. Helga from Hey Arnold, Reptar from Rugrats. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Zim from Invader Zim. And then I think my fucking, favorite one of all yep. the, the announced ones, gotta, uh, it's not Gotta Catch Them All. That's fucking... <laughs> that's Pokemon, um, man. Yeah. What's what's the... Got, is it Gonna gonna Catch Them All because he's Danny Phantom? What, are the, what does he say? Yeah, it's got to yeah. catch them all because he's yeah. Danny Phantom. Yeah, yeah Danny right. Phantom. That was the one that stood out to me. Like, when I saw that, I was like, you two are going to be so excited. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, they they also said that they're going to have characters from Rocket Power. Cat Dog. Cat Dog. My Life as a Teenage Robot. <sighs> Fairly Odd Parents. Dude, um, like, think about all of the Nicktoons. Like, they have a plethora of characters to pull from. I can't believe this hasn't happened already. I think they it's a great time once. to do it. They did racing. I forgot yeah. about that one. I am fired up for this. This has, if the gameplay is as good as Smash Brothers, I would rather play this. Mm -hmm. I give a shit about these characters more than I do the Nintendo ones. I know that's not going to be the case for everybody, but I am cranked for this. SpongeBob mm -hmm. and I, I'm telling you right now, are going to be the number one player in the world at this game. I will do whatever it takes. Me and SpongeBob are going to the mountaintop. There's your warning. I, I think they said Jimmy Neutron. I said in a, in a separate chat that I hope Carl from... Oh, uh, Carl Weezer. Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, Carl Weezer from <laughs> Jimmy Neutron Weezer. is in there with a fucking, like, pack of llamas. And that, that's That's, <laughs> that's his final with. smash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he has to recharge by using his inhaler. Actually, yeah. Wrestle with Jimmy! <laughs> <laughs> I think that this is, like, this is going to be a game that I guarantee the three of us oh, are going to be playing we're gonna quite play a bit. All the time. And actually, right before we went live, I, I saw a video, I think it was like a TikTok or something posted on Twitter, and they were saying that the people behind this, they came out and said that there was these different techniques. I don't know if you've heard of them. One of them is called wave dashing, and in Super Smash Brothers, like, that's a pro-level kind of technique that you can use. So they're saying that they are taking the same care to this game to be on the same level as a Smash Bros. Awesome. So that gives me even more hope. You know, like it could have been one of those throwaway racing game type, yeah. hey, we throw all these in and there's it's just very generic. It sounds like they're putting work and effort into this, so that makes me even more excited. Well, there was one that Sony did, PlayStation. All-Stars, yeah. All-Stars Battle Royale or whatever the fuck it was called. Yep. And that that was fun for a little bit of time, but like you were saying, Jared, it was like pretty surface level. Like they didn't put a lot into it, it didn't seem like. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I think here that it seems like they're putting a lot in, and if they're announcing this is just the first batch of characters and they have all these plans for more, I think this is going to... I agree. I hope it's awesome. Yeah. I, I really, I can't wait to play it. Like, like, oh man, I'm just thinking like one of the levels is literally the arena of Slime Time Live. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, I'm, like, there's Fuck. so much they could do with it. Yep. Like, bring in the legend. It was killing. Legends of the Hidden Temple, Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. So bring that in somehow. <laughs> this is going to be something, obviously, we're playing. I'm hoping for cross-play. It looks like there will be releasing later in 2021. So we won't have to wait long for this one. Uh, so keep an eye out for Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. A couple other quickie pieces of news here. Uh, Seth, 
What? We got some uh, Emmy nominations. I know at least uh, oh. one show that you were pretty stoked to see on there. Yeah, as I predicted, Gene Smart nominated for an Emmy for Hacks. Hacks is also nominated. I also, though, want to talk about a little bit, too, with some of these other nominations that happened. Uh, <laughs> I, Don Cheadle yeah. was nominated for Falcon Hawk, and the Falcon. Winter Soldier. And I had to take a long, hard second to try and remember what he was in in that show. Was it for a guest appearance? He's yeah. in the, the first episode, right? So For how long? He's No lie, he's in it for about two minutes. I, I don't know, man. That, on top of just, like, in general, it seems like the, the Emmys are getting even closer to... The People's fucking, Choice Awards? Yeah, that and, like, the Golden Globes, where it's just straight up, like, who's paying the most money to be in this fucking thing? Because I liked WandaVision a lot, but it it's not anywhere... I, I could name 17 other shows that I thought des- would deserve to be nominated over WandaVision. I'm sure fucking Loki will probably end up getting nominated next year, and they're... 20 different shows you know like i don't know it, it just in mandalorian i liked mandalorian but i don't know like it just seems to me that now it's like how many how many of these nominations can we get for disney and netflix at this point i'll push back just just a little bit on the disney plus stuff one you might not ever give mandalorian the quite enough respect Seth, don't get no respect <laughs> but it's fucking sick uh it deserves everything it got uh, and there... the thing i think about the disney plus shows there aren't that many shows that are putting that type of budget to sure, a show. But like the, the look of all money. those shows and Wand, WandaVision narratively is cooler than most limited series. So I, I think that cooler. I agree with you sure. that it's maybe a little bloated. The Don Cheadle one seems extreme, but that's guessed. Like that's not an Emmy anyone cares about. So I, I agree with you. I think Disney Plus is maybe being pretty aggressive, but you know, there's a bunch of Netflix in here. Cobra Kai is nominated uh, on Netflix. Emily in Paris is on Netflix. I don't know anyone who's watched either of those shows. Also, The Flight Attendant. Um, I liked the parts of that show that I watched, but you know, is it a is it a nominee? I don't know. It was um, it was a hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes. Every so critic watched. So Ted yeah. uh, Ted Lasso is I think just going to win everything. That's what I hope happens. So yeah. um, I hope Hacks wins comedy. I should still watch that one. I don't know it, especially with the acting part of it though. Like there are so many better performances. Than fucking Don Cheadle's two minutes or Pedro Pascal. Uh, have you ever had two minutes with Don Cheadle? I haven't. But <laughs> I'd like to. <laughs> all award shows at this point. The more and more I watch them, like these are just fucking bullshit. Pay people to do the shit to to be nominated anyway. It's cool, you know. It's cool for the individuals who get it, you know, are excited. But at, at the same time, it's just like they're fucking just throwing money to advertise these shows. Well, yeah, that's the game. But like, was there a snub that you're? Gene Smart didn't got, get nominated for Mayor of Easttown, and she was there with Kate Winslet. There, I mean, there you can only up, get nominated once, right? Or no, she, that would have been supporting. That's drama. Right? She she was she's lead actress for comedy, and she would have been supporting actress for drama for a limited gotcha. series. But actually, I don't think they do that. She and she could have been considered a lead. Kate Winslet was nominated, which was nice. I, I could go through my TV Time app right now and just scroll down and look at all the shows that I watch that I think have better performances. Especially too, once we get into like this Marvel stuff, I'm entertained by it, but. Like all this convoluted time travel-y nonsense, that's it's impressive that they're able to keep this together for people to enjoy it. But it's not—I don't know. When it comes to a drama, I could see that for a comedy, you know, what comedy show. But for for a drama that when you're going up against shows like *Mayor of Easttown*, where there's some serious shit that's happening, I don't know. For me, it's—I can't is quite it, take it seriously. Is it almost this weird mentality of like, hey, a blockbuster's coming into this realm of kind of art? almost and i'm not kind of yeah. discounting or inflating either of the two but that's almost i guess how i'm seeing it from your point of view yeah kind of because i and i'm still in the in the mindset when it comes to marvel like i turn my brain entirely 100 percent off for those shows and just enjoy it for what it is and so maybe i if if i were to look at it more critically i, w- I could point out more of that stuff maybe that's it but I don't know. For me, I I still look at those as Saturday. We've talked about it before. Those are Saturday morning cartoons for me when I watch them. <laughs> honestly, what it is like that's how that's the only thing I can do that for. But when I I don't really have much of a critical thought with a lot of those, unless it's like outright terribly bad, like some like some stuff in like Thor two or whatever. <laughs> like otherwise for me or Iron Man two. But otherwise for me, it's I I just maybe I don't look at it like that. So maybe that's why I feel that way. I don't know. Yeah, I, there's definitely a longer conversation to be had around like 
I guess who am I to especially. fucking? Who am I to say who who deserves to be nominated anyway? I'm a fucking guy who lives in Iowa in the middle of the state. I don't know. Yeah, but you watch a <laughs> lot it's... of TV. Yeah. So I think you're. And qualified. it's not an argument. It's know. it's an argument that exists even outside of us, right? Like the idea that Mayor of Easttown is, I think, a good example, right? It's gritty. It's dark. It's like sad. And those those also type of funny. shows almost always do better uh, critically than something that's fun or light, even if it is just as well made. And so I think the argument would potentially be, do you need to be super dark and dramatic or emotionally affecting in order to be a good movie? Because one could argue that WandaVision, by doing the shit that WandaVision did and not having us laugh him out of the room, did an excellent job of making a show. You know what I mean? So it's a really hard thing to compare things of those types, which is why they split them into categories, sure. I'll give you the Don Cheeto one being wacky. I would, let's talk maybe more about that as the Emmys get closer, because I think there's a good conversation to be had there around, like, what constitutes a critically good movie? I think more commonly, you're right, like, Mayor of Easttown would be nominated a thousand times before Falcon and Winter Soldier. Whether or not that's correct, I don't know, but it is how critics tend to behave. So, I think you have a point there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see... Seeing all these people argue online about these shows, I, I'm starting to just enjoy them all less. <laughs> like, I'm starting to enjoy the MCU less in general and superhero stuff because it's like, at the end of the day, it's fucking people running around in tights doing this weird shit and people are just getting pissed off at each other about whether or not they <laughs> like this shit or not and whether they should like each other or oh, not. Oh, God. Like, you are I, I'm speaking just everything I feel. Like, there's, yeah. no, there's no more, de- there's no more, like, debating movies anymore it's either you're right or wrong or you're right or you're wrong and fuck off if you're if you don't hold the same opinion as i do and so i don't know it's just it's annoying and you deal with it way more than i do jared oh yeah i think i think the three of us i and maybe i'm speaking out of turn but we just enjoy it you know if one of us has a strong opinion i'm gonna be like okay cool yeah that's why our i think our reviews in general are relatively simple like if we see some shit that's actually bad or we hate then we'll call it out but yeah i agree it's not worth getting like super passionate about but you know some people have ties to the properties and you know if they made a stone cold steve austin documentary that was bad you'd probably be pretty upset so i think it's just a matter of like if different shit is important to different people everyone needs to cool the fuck out like respect that everyone has different tastes i think that's a big part of it Um, but it is still fun fun to critique people need to stop taking ownership over everything though like think that that when something is made and not made the way they expect it, that they need they, they take personal offense over it. It's like you didn't fucking make that; they made it. If you want to make it, then work and go do it yourself. <laughs> you know, like people get so mad when stuff doesn't happen that they want to happen so badly. It's like if you didn't, mm-hmm. you're not the one who was supposed to make it. The director did. If you don't like that, then fine, but you, you're setting yourself up for failure there. I think the I think that's like the super vocal min, uh, minority shitty part of Twitter that's doing a lot of that. Like, is the average person who goes to the MCU pissed off because they did that did something different? Probably not. But it's the Twitter, uh, the Twitter crazy Twitter people that get really excited about that. But for me, it's, I, just... I think you can choose not to like something. You can even say I think that filmmaker did a bad job. But to your right. point, like just because they made a narrative decision you didn't like, that's not really a good reason. Right. I don't I, think. But I I don't take any ownership over anything i watched someone else made it i didn't like if if i mean the stone cold thing if i if it's bad then yeah i'm, I'm not gonna like it but i'm not gonna be mad about it <laughs> you know yeah it's a key distinction for sure we are going to talk more about the mcu in just a moment but our time is getting a little bit short so yeah. we're going to jump ahead and wrap up our bathroom reading there so we can review some stuff for you sitting on the toilet now flush All right, here come some quickie reviews from a pretty good weekend. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it! Seth, let's start with you. Uh, I believe this is the final season of a Netflix series that you've been enjoying for a while now. Yep, a typical fourth and final season of Netflix. Half-hour comedy show stars uh, basically a kid who uh, has autism and uh, now his journey's kind of come full circle. He's in college trying to figure out what he wants to do with the rest of his life. And that's kind of what the season does. It wraps up all that with his life and where what his direction is going to take. His parents, Michael Rapoport and Jennifer Jason Lee, um, they've had kind of some crazy stuff happen in prior seasons. That all, that all kind of gets wrapped up. And then his sister, who was um, Keanu Reeves' daughter in Bill and Ted, the newest one. 
what, what's face the, what the music called? yeah there you go he uh it was it was keanu reeves daughter who was uh in this show she kind of has some stuff going on with college and relationships and like coming out because uh, she's by so like coming out to her parents so that's kind of like the main storylines that all get wrapped up very funny show though some pretty serious topics that they talk about but it's all done in, in comedic ways the family dynamic is awesome and it all wraps up very nicely so if you've enjoyed the other seasons watch it if you haven't watched the show in general definitely watch it it's very funny heartwarming all that stuff and again half hour episodes 10 episodes a season i think so not a ton of time commitment but i love atypical i'm gonna miss it i've seen a little bit of this and can vouch uh very well-made show funny and i'm told that it does well to to show you autism and how it works in a respectful way that's realistic yeah um, and they don't make a, a huge joke out of it so right all, all sounds like good reasons. I also like Michael Rappaport when, when he can be hemmed in a little bit and he's a little bit hemmed in in this uh, oh, show. Yeah. So I would he's second your recommendation of this. And then yeah. the kid, uh, his best friend in the show is, I think he also plays the best friend in Dear Evan Hansen, the movie that's coming out. I don't know the actor's name, but he, the character's name is Zahid. He's really, really funny. I, I hope he does more stuff because he's got a perfect, like, dry type of sense of humor. So I think he, I think he'll do well in comedies going forward. Nice. Well, he's in the uh, he's in the Netflix squad now, so he'll probably have a time travel action movie coming out here soon. <laughs> we will uh, do a little bit of time traveling with this next one. I know it's one you both saw, but Jared, I'm going to ask you to let us know about the second in the Fear Street trilogy. Yes, that came out last week. Fear Street Part Duh, nineteen or yeah, nineteen seventy eight. We talked or reviewed the last one what last week. It's kind of a trilogy, all connected. This time we're going back in time to figure out what's going on with the uh, kind of the sister uh, and what happened at the uh, the camp, the camp massacre. So this one does feel very. Uh, reminiscent of like a friday the 13th anything that was like a 70s horror film for sure from just kind of the outfits the the feeling the way that it's structured as just a slasher of you know a camp massacre we definitely get more of the lore i would say that that's one thing that didn't really work for myself but i really i enjoyed what they're doing here of this trilogy of releasing one horror film every single week and again if you're gonna miss one miss them both you know sit down and just make a big old movie night out of everything um, seth you saw this too right i did yeah what'd you um, think of this one compared to the first I one i guess compared to the first one i was i was more of a fan of the first one just because of the the 90s stuff. i was too but yeah i did really enjoy this one too though i think that the way they tied it in uh, to the first one is really cool, and I'm interested to see what they do with the third one as well. I liked that we got some explanation of, we got some answers from the first one, like little teases, little drops, things like that. Overall, I just, I mean, I liked the, the like you said, the Friday the 13th type style, where it did very much feel like, you know, it was actually filmed on the same set that, like, the fourth Friday the 13th was filmed on. Oh, really? And Yeah, and it apparently there's actually, like, you know, the, the old tales or myths of it being haunted Spooky. or whatever, too. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that was pretty cool, too, and that's probably why it felt like that. It, it had that, that, you know, summer camp-type vibe and feel to it. So, yeah, I liked, I I enjoyed it. I'm very excited to see what this next one, how it all wraps up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing is, there was stuff in this that I was surprised by. You know, I, I kind of, you know, have a you know hand on the pulse of guessing certain things, and they do some twists and turns that I was like, ooh, I did not see that coming. Um, some <laughs> good, uh, definitely brutal kills and stuff. But I'm excited. I'm, I'm surprisingly excited for this third one coming out because it's bringing the cast of essentially both films and putting them mm-hmm. in one film together. So it's kind of this interesting hurrah joint project. I was also, re- I read something. This was originally owned by Fox, I guess, through a production company. And then through the whole Disney deal, it kind of went up for auction. They didn't know what to do with it. And then Netflix swung in and bought it from them. So these were supposed to be theatrical movies coming out, like, I think a month apart from one another. So that would have oh, just been an been cool. interesting thing of how they would have worked that. I'm, I'm, I'm digging the week releases, but I, I wonder yeah. how that would have worked in the, the theatrical sense of things. Yeah, that would have been cool. I think it would have been huge because it's different, right? Mm-hmm. The the release schedule itself is part of what's cool about it, and it sounds like it, it it's continuing to um, to stay strong through two installments. Uh, we'll see what sixteen sixty six has to offer when you guys all check that out. We'll review it, of course, next week. I need to catch up and watch this second one. Um, it sounds like I've got some good things to look forward to. Jared, I, I'm afraid we cannot say the same from what I'm told so far about this other Netflix release 
which is, uh, I think, a stylish action movie that um, maybe isn't doing as well as Netflix had hoped. Yeah, this this one came out a couple days ago on Netflix, and I was looking forward to it. It's called Gunpowder Milkshake, and Karen Gillan is in it. It's a bunch <laughs> of other women just kicking some ass and whatnot. Like, it looked like a, a weird style, and it does kind of have this style of a mix of Bad Times at the El Royale mixed with uh, Hotel Artemis with a hint of John Wick in there. And I thought that that would completely sell me. But the tone is so odd where it's juggling whether or not it wants to be a serious kind of John Wick type movie or a slapsticky comedic action movie. And the, and the way the action, and again, maybe it was because I watched this at 3 a.m. and I was hopped <laughs> up on a lot of coffee. So maybe I was seeing images move quicker or slower than they should have been moving. But the fight <laughs> choreography is so clunky it's edited in such a clunky mcclunky yeah mcclunky (laughs) is edited in such a way where it feels like okay we're counting like one two three four you go i go you go i go but then they speed it up a little bit to make it seem like it's real time but it just it it felt weird if anything i'll have you guys watch like a scene or two and see if you guys notice it maybe it's just myself but the action just felt really odd again the tone was all over the place where it's like i don't know if we're supposed to be laughing at this joke the characters were very kind of comic booky and i thought i was like oh maybe this is based on a graphic novel or something no this is original project like the the people you know this isn't based on anything so i don't know this was a huge kind of letdown i i said in my review um I'm not upset, I'm just disappointed. And that's how I felt during this movie. Which a lot of people, again, just like uh, The Tomorrow War, a lot of people have some good things to say about this movie. But for myself, it did not work at all. That's sad. No one no one wants to hear, I'm not mad, just disappointed. 66 on Tomatoes, so it's mixed, to say the least. I love me some Karen Gillan, so I may check this out and give a second opinion later. But this, this one did look cool, so I, it would have been tough to meet the expectation, I think, set by the trailer. So... Uh, If you want to check this one out for yourself, it's available on Netflix right now. That's Gunpowder Milkshake. And we're going to spend a little bit of time now with some MCU. And again, we'll try not to blow over our time by too much here. Start with Black Widow. This was the big release from last week. Jared caught it a couple of weeks ago in a pre-screening. And I guess I'll go first on Black Widow. I liked this a lot. I thought it was really nice. I think what I liked about this is one of the things that I get tired of in the MCU is how everything is setting up something and everything has to relate and everything has to be these massive world-ending stakes and it's all very tiring. This felt like a really nice break from that. It's a self-contained story with minimal Easter egg bullshit. It gives you more depth, uh, a little bit more depth on, on Natasha Romanoff and her backstory. The characters they added were cool and it just didn't seem too big for its britches. The other thing I'll say, a couple things actually, One of my criticisms of Captain Marvel that I later walked back was that it felt like they were really trying to smack you in the face with some, like, girl power stuff. This didn't do that. This felt like Atomic Blonde, where it's like, no, this is just that type of movie, and it happens to have a female star. So it felt like they they handled that, like, here's a female lead thing really well. ScarJo feels at home in the character. Really like Florence Pugh adding in, as well as David Harbour, and helped me out with the the other one. Rachel Weisz. Rachel Weisz, cool cast. I was a little underwhelmed by the villain, but besides that, I thought this was really cool. Felt in in the same realm or style of the Captain Captain America series, uh, thinking specifically about Civil War and Winter Soldier, which are some of my favorites. So I enjoyed this a lot, and I especially liked that it didn't feel like I was just getting MCU stuff jammed down my throat. It just felt like I went to a spy movie. Yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot with what you said. I, I wasn't probably quite as high on it, but I did have a good time. I enjoyed it. Um, I've seen it twice. So, I mean, I, it. I think the second time I watched it, I maybe and I maybe even enjoyed it a little bit more. But it's not anything that blew me away. Uh, I thought the fighting was cool, but it also seemed like there was less fighting than I maybe expected. Again, that's setting expectations. But I thought there would be a little bit more fighting in it just because of, you know, with Black, Black Widow's style, it's... it's you know, typically she's the hand-to-hand combat type of thing, and didn't seem like she even fought a ton in it. Uh, it seemed like there was a little bit more of the family fighting. Fighting with my family? So, is that what you just were hitting exactly. at? Exactly. Yeah. Florence Pugh. Yeah. There you go. Whoa. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Had a good time with it. Florence Pugh is awesome. The Marvel Cinema- Cinematic Pugh universe has started now. Um, <laughs> David Harbour is great. I think there's a lot of cool things that they can still set up with the future with these, with, with that the family and um, with Florence Pugh's character. And, Bring in Vin Diesel. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, the Shit. different, all the Black Widows and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I think that it was fun. I had a good time. Nothing that, you know, if, if I were to go back and rank all the, the MC, MCU movies, this would probably be like middle of the pack. Again, definitely worth a worthwhile entry. And like you said, Cody, I think probably a good, not introduction, but like good return, like a nice easy way to return back to the MCU and the movie theater type. You know, it wasn't like a an Eternals type thing where they just, you know, blast you with all this alien stuff and it's all this new stuff. Like a good way just to get you back in the mindset for an MCU movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if, if people out there are having like... MCU rewatches of like over a month or two you're rewatching all of these movies tucking this one in into its more appropriate spot I think is going to feel a lot better too it follows right up on Civil War and you feel like I said tonally it feels in that realm mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and I liked that quite a bit and all all the next I mean how many movies Shang-Chi, Spider-Man Eternals. Doctor Strange, Eternal like those are all going to be very out there I think now with the, with the direction that they're kind of going with the MCU it's going to be very out there and like a lot of stuff is going to be thrown at you. So again, I think this is probably just a good, good pace setter, good like just a good, re- good return to mm-hmm. kind of get us going back into what's going to be a crazy, probably three, four years with the MCU. Last thing I'll say on this is it felt also like it was respectful or paying homage to or appreciating some of my favorite spy movies. You can see here influences from Jason Bourne movies, James Bond movies, Mission Impossible, and. I was watching this and I was spotting them during, and I loved that. So if you're into those types of spy, you know, world moving espionage movies and the way that they explained the story and why it wasn't already told in the MCU, I thought was cool. So I dug it. I'll probably see it again. Pretty cool. So go check out Black Widow. That one's in theaters now. And if you've got Disney Plus, uh, you're probably already watching Loki. Maybe we'll just do really quick general impressions and then like a couple of minutes of spoilers on Loki. I'll, I'll just say it first. I'm mixed on Loki, but just like positive by a touch. This is probably my third favorite series so far. If you're talking about WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, not to say I disliked Loki, but for reasons I'll explain when we get into spoilers, it wasn't quite what I was hoping for, but I did like Tom Hiddleston the whole way through and the other characters I thought did really well. Owen Wilson was a highlight. So Probably my third favorite, even though I didn't think it was bad. What did you guys think generally about Loki? I think for myself, out of the three, I guess, if we're going to be sitting here comparing it like that, this was the one that I was the least anticipating and the one that I think I've liked the most so far. Mm -hmm. Again, when we start diving into specifics, there's a few things that break down in my mind, and it goes back to what Seth had said earlier of just don't think about it, just enjoy it for what it is, and that's my problem is I started thinking about things. After the finale, I was like super hyped on it. After sitting in it in 12 hours and letting my you know half chub go down, I I think I'm a little bit more mild on the series, uh, maybe closer to you, Cody. But again, out of the three, I think I like this one the most. I'm probably right in the middle. This is number two for me. I think uh, I'm still <laughs> I still like Wandavision the the most. But I don't know. I I I'm probably right in the middle between the both of you. Honestly, like I enjoyed it. I just never had the same anticipation every week like I did for Wandavision. Mm-hmm. I think what it does to set up the future for the MCU is pretty insane in, in probably a good way. I think that this is the first thing in a bit now that we've gotten that we're like, oh, okay, this is where it's going. I, I think the, the part of the issue of that with the finale in specifics is I didn't feel like there was much closure in terms of the story. And I know they're doing another season, but I just kind of felt, it just felt like, oh, it's over now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it didn't feel like a season finale to me at all. So mm-hmm. That, that was my main issue with it is like they've done a I, I mean maybe not a good job but they've at least with the other shows like kind of wrapped it up and this one it felt like they didn't not, not only did they not wrap it up but they left me with more like oh, more questions like, what? <laughs> yeah it's like okay the next season is gonna be essentially like right, we'll go into spoilers but it just doesn't feel yeah. it, feel, it feel like there's more more open ends than there were to even start it <laughs> oh entirely Yeah, we're definitely going to get into that in spoilers in just one sec. One of the pieces of news uh, that we can share in non-spoilers, I I think, is that there's going to be a season two of Loki that was announced. 
And so keep an eye out for that. If you haven't watched the finality of Loki yet, go do it. All six episodes are on Disney+. Plus. Hey folks, quick editor's note here. Um, we did a lot more spoiler chat on Loki than we planned on. So what I'm going to do is rip that out of the episode and we will post it later as a standalone bonus episode. So keep an eye out for Loki spoilers uh, elsewhere in your podcast feed. And we're going to put you right back in to the episode um, so that we can wrap you up here in just a couple of minutes. So enjoy that. And again, keep an eye out for Loki spoilers a little bit later on. We are going to wrap up our reviews for the week there. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. And Jared, I'm going to ask you to give a quick rundown of some of the stuff coming out this week. A lot of stuff coming out. We'll see how much of it's dope. Um, but there's a, a few stuff, a few, a number of things. Yes, a, a few, few stuff, stuff. Dropping this weekend. F- it's coming right for us. Yes, a few <laughs> stuff coming out. So we have Space Jam 2 back in the jam. Uh, what is it? What? Back in the habit. Yeah, back in the habit. Pump, pump, up, pump up the jam. Uh, Space Jam 2, uh, keep spacing. Um, Electric Raspberry Google. Space Jam 2, uh, Kevin Space Jam. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, yeah. Space Jam 2, Lost in New York. Yeah, there we go. Uh, we got, oh, that that's a good one. I like that. Uh, that's coming out on movie theaters and HBO Max, so uh, check it out if you want for free if you have Cody's login. Free. Um, Escape Room 2. Tournament of Champions. I'm definitely going to that. I know it's going to be dumb fun. Fear Street 3 at 19 or uh, 1666 on Netflix. And then these other two, I think, Seth, you might know. Uh, do you know this pig movie? <laughs> I know I, these. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's Nicholas isn't it, Cage. Isn't it John and, Wick but with a pig? I, I think so. I don't know where it's playing, though. I haven't seen uh, it. Surprisingly, it's playing here. everywhere where I am at. So I might check really? it out. Yeah. I read that Nicolas Cage is incredible in this. Um, so I, I may check it out. Yeah, someone steals his pig and he goes to get it, like John Wick. Then there's Road Runner, which is the Anthony Bourdain documentary, yeah, and I didn't tomorrow. know him. I didn't know much about that doc, Anthony Bourdain, but everything since his death that I've heard makes me really interested in this. So I'm definitely checking that documentary out. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm seeing that on Thursday tomorrow. That's what we got coming up this weekend. It's coming right for us. And we better get you out of here. Uh, but first, one more thing. But I'm down to I'm going to link to a video that last week tonight with John Oliver put out. I don't know if you guys caught this clip out there on YouTube. Um, It's about octopuses. Did either of you watch this? I believe it's pronounced octopussies. That's actually, well, no spoilers. Oh, wait, is um, that what actually happens? (laughs) No, no, it's not. This is a nine minute video and I'll just play like the briefest of clips from it. Um, It's, they're on break and when they do that, they'll make a couple of short clips and post them to YouTube. Cats have dominated the internet for far too long, and it is past time that octopuses get their turn. That's it. That's my whole argument here. Octopuses are great. Octopuses are great. I don't know if you guys could hear that very well. So you're just talking about how great octopuses are? Yeah, it's a nine-minute video about how cool octopuses are, and it's fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) That's my... I'm going to link to it in the the description box uh, and on on the website. Go watch it. Big recommend. It's fucking funny. And you'll learn a little bit about octopuses. All right. There we go. Yeah. They're... Including that they're, that octopuses is the right way to say it. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah. I know that they're uh, borderline alien creatures, so I will be checking that one out. For myself, this last weekend, um, it was a cold, rainy day. I needed that in my life. I was very much lazy, and I watched a season and a half, almost all of it, people, Atlanta. I finally got around nice. to it, finally watched it. Shit. I uh, finally got to experience the invisible car. If you guys didn't, <laughs> if it wasn't pointed out, I would have never seen it. Um, I, was, I was keeping an eye out for it. I think the episode I'm on right now is the Teddy Perkins one. Is that, is that oh, what it is? Oh, yeah. Good old TV. So I got I to gotta get to that one. Uh, hopefully next week I'll, I'll finish that up. The biggest thing for myself, I thought it was way more supposed to be comedic driven it's way more drama. Yeah, there's a lot of drama in there, too. Yeah, and the cast, all of those people are amazing. I don't know how they all got right. into one show, but I just kind of like, you know, every episode might have, like, just a random, like, one of the characters doing something random, like the one where he's just trying to get a haircut, but then has to go on this just outlandish journey of, like, stealing wood and then gets in a car accident. <laughs> oh, yep. man, Paperboy, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Paperboy. I'm, I'm glad I finally got around to that. My one more thing, I'll talk about another TV show that I just started um, that I think is really, really cool uh, in the way that it's um, done. 
It's called Kevin Can Fuck Himself on AMC. Yes. I was waiting um, for someone to finally see this. Have you watched it? No, but I've, 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 it's in my queue. Um, yeah. I was just waiting to hear if it was good or not. It's very interesting. It is a literal mix between a 30-minute multicam sitcom and a hour-long drama, a uh, single-cam drama. And when – so it basically it centers around the, the wife, uh, and she is in um, Schitt's Creek. Um, I can't remember her, her name. Annie Murphy is the actress's name, I think. Yeah, she uh, plays Alexis in uh, Schitt's Creek. Yeah, so that, that she's the only one that I really recognize – as just having a name or anything like that. But essentially she's the wife when she's around her husband in the show, it's legitimately a 30 minute sitcom multicam show. Like there's a laugh track. It's cut. Like they write jokes in as a comedy. It's a, it looks like a set. Like it looks exactly like a show on CBS. But then as soon as he leaves the room, it changes to a single cam. It gets dark. It, dark and all in the the tone and also like the way it looks like the all the light kind of goes away and it then becomes serious and like you know how in sitcoms they'll talk about stuff that happens on, off screen and they're like oh this chick you know like she pushed me over in the supermarket like just they'll bring up like dumb like random bullshit like that right mm-hmm. you see that so like she, there's one where she makes a comment like i've been reminding you about this i wrote it on the mirror and it it's a joke there's not like i don't remember the exact joke Later on in the episode, you see that she wrote that thing on the mirror that was like a joke in the sitcom. But it's the husband's not in the room, so you see it in like her real life type of thing. Like that's outside the sitcom. It's very interesting. It's very well written. Very cool of the way they set it all up. I think this has to be like extremely hard to shoot um, because of the way that they flip back and forth and all that. But super impressive, um, funny, but also kind of dark and and sad. It's. I think you should, everyone should check out like one episode just to see how it's done. And then you can make your decision from there. But I'm going to keep going. I've, I've been really, really interested in this show. Hmm. I'm glad to hear it. This is, uh, I'm an Annie Murphy fan. And so I was excited when I saw that this is what she was doing next. It's very different from uh, Schitt's Creek, obviously. And AMC is putting this out. So mm-hmm. find out where you can stream it. Uh, five episodes are already out. I'm not sure how long this series uh, or the season is intended to be, but I'm hearing Annie Murphy is excellent in it, and mm-hmm. uh, that stylistic stuff is super so fucking cool. interesting to me. So I'm going to be checking so this. Cool. I was going to play it one day, but it was longer than I wanted to yeah, watch. Yeah, it's an hour episodes. At, at the time. So, yeah. Kevin can fuck himself. Atlanta and last week tonight's Octopus's clip. All getting recommends from us this week uh, in One More Thing. But I'm down to All right, folks, thanks for joining us this week. Um, We're going to wrap things up. Uh, Don't forget uh, October, (laughs) July 28th, uh, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Central Time on the J Buck Studios YouTube page. At Jared Buckendall. We are going to be doing a live live recording, streamed recording, I suppose, uh, of Entertainment Outhouse. Getting back into the live thing. We hope you'll join us in the comments. Don't forget to check out the website for everything that we talked about and more. Lots of options for you to go check out this weekend, so we hope you enjoy those. We'll be back in seven days to review some some things, uh, a bunch of sequels, including the Fear Street uh, wrap-up. So we hope you'll join us then. For now, uh, that is it for this week's Entertainment Outhouse. Uh, that's Jared Buckendall. That is Seth Ott. I've been Cody Michael, and we'll see you next time. Bye.